Welcome to the Closer and Closer podcast, a podcast about expanding your creative capacity. Each week, we interview inspiring creatives to help you grow your freelance career. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Closer and Closer podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Andrea Mejia Madriz, and I'm a part of the artist marketing and partnerships team here at Closer and Closer. Our guest today is a creative best known for her curation of the largely popular lettering source, Good Type. Founded in 2013 after a long bike ride down the West Coast, what I would give to be doing that right now. She also published the book Good Type, The Art of Lettering with Rizzoli in 2018. She's now full-time creative based in Austin, Texas, running Good Type and her online print shop, Sun Surfer Art, and creating in the form of painting, mixed media, digital art, photography, and now film. Please welcome Brooke Robinson. Welcome in. Hello, hello. Of course, yeah. For those who don't know, this has been a long time coming, so I'm so excited to finally have Brooke on and to chat with us today. Yeah, I actually met Drew. Mm-hmm. We had lunch a few years ago um, out in LA just to oh, kind of awesome. chat and get to know each other. And he was just embarking on closer and closer. And we were just, it was cool. He's great. Yeah. No. It's so cool to see how it's grown and to see his team grow. Exactly. It's so fun because I feel like both you and Good Type, or yeah, you, Good Type, and Closer and Closer have had such an upward trajectory and have done, you know, I'll get into this in my questions I think you've seen, but there's just so many similarities between the two that I think it's so interesting and it'll be so fun to kind of have a chat about it today. Totally. Awesome. So to start off, I want to hear more about this bike ride that I mentioned earlier. What were you up to before you embarked on that journey? And then how did that lead you to start Good Type for those who don't know? I was working for a local Texas retailer, mm-hmm. uh, an apparel, like shoes and all kinds of stuff. Oh, retailer, awesome. great company called Tyler's. Mm-hmm. And at that point, this was in 2012. And I had been working for them since 2009. And I loved my job. I loved the people that I worked with. I loved my boss. And I really did love the company. But at the same time, I felt kind of a yearning to change it up. I was Mm -hmm. getting antsy. I was, you know, sitting at a computer all day, every day. And, you know, like I said, I liked the work that I did, but I was kind of over the mundane and I just, I needed an an adventure. Totally. And, um, I was doing graphic design and marketing for them at the time. And, um, I had just started riding bikes. I, um, Went to school in Lubbock, Texas, and um, there's not much to do (laughs) there (laughs) as far as like bike riding and whatnot. But I, you know, I went snowboarding. You could drive to the mountains three hours away. And I was on the Texas Tech rugby team and I was secretary of the wakeboard team. So I did, you know, I was, you know, I found a lot of extracurricular activities. I was kickboxing, all kinds of things. And when I moved to Austin, this was in December 2008. Um, I was like, well, I don't have the wakeboard team. I don't have (laughs) mountains. I don't have, you know, what am I going to do? And a friend that I had worked with at Tyler's actually introduced me to road riding and Mm. everybody in Austin rides bikes. And so, um, I had met this girl, Andy, and she, around the time that I was starting to feel a little antsy, Mm -hmm. um, I met her on a social bike ride and she was like, Hey, I'm thinking about riding my bike down the West coast this summer. Like, do you want to come? I was like, absolutely. (laughs) I've known you like two weeks. Yes. (laughs) We're doing it. Yeah. And so um, I didn't really know what 
was going to come of this bike ride, but it was mm-hmm. kind of the unknown that I was looking forward to mm-hmm. instead of the everyday, very predictable, you know, commute and, and the work that I was doing. And, um, although, like I said, I loved it. It just was, I was kind of over it. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, I decided to go on a uh, bike ride and we started, uh, at the end of May out of Vancouver in BC, Canada. Mm-hmm. And, um, we made our way down. It took us all summer long and we made it to the border of Mexico sometime in August. Wow. That is insane. That is amazing. And then how did you kind of, I know you have, I've read a blurb about this on your website, so I'm kind of anticipating your answer, but mm-hmm. how did that kind of lead you to start good type? Like what inspired you about that, that ride to kind of bring you here? Well, I had always kind of, not kind of, I had always had an obsession with the letter arts in some form or fashion before it had like this name, the letter arts or the lettering arts or, you know, typography. I mean, I knew a little bit to me, typography was a term as an umbrella for all letter arts Mm -hmm. and not actual typography. And, um, I had always kind of incorporated it into a lot of my designs and a lot of my artwork. And so I was definitely a fan of, of letters before the bike ride. And when I was on my bike traveling down the West coast, when you're on your bike, you are very, uh, you're much more connected to your environment. Mm -hmm. And, um, when we got to ride through the big cities, it was just so cool to be so close to so much beautiful art and murals and hand painted painted signs and logos and um i just fell that much more in love with the art form yeah. and um towards the end or at the end of the ride i had to get myself back to austin from <laughs> la and i was like I, we flew to canada which was great we flew with our bikes and whatnot but it was kind of you know anytime you travel by air it's a little bit stressful and i just wanted mm-hmm. to decompress and so i decided to take the train and oh, nice. um I did not know. I didn't realize that it was 30 hours, <laughs> the train ride from LA to Austin. Uh, so I had a little bit of time on my hands to just kind of hang out. Yeah. Think. And um, yeah, and think. <laughs> and so at the time, Instagram was really starting to to pick up and I used it a lot on the tour and mm-hmm. on the bike tour. And uh, I, like I said, had 30 hours to just scroll the gram. And I found out that if you click that hashtag typography, I mean, my mind was blown. I was opened up to a whole world I love that. of this art form. Yeah. Just, you know, it connected me with artists from all across the globe. Like that's, that's how I found out about Jessica Hish and how I found out about Anthony yeah. Post and, um, a lot of, a lot of ones that were on Instagram early on. And, yeah. uh, so for the next year, you know, I wasn't sure, what I, you know, I didn't like have this aha moment of like, mm-hmm. this is what I'm going to do with my life. I was hoping for that aha moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it kind of just came gradually as I just fell more in love with this art form. And I ended up taking screenshots on Instagram for almost a year of just work that I wanted to refer to again, that I loved and mm-hmm. it inspired me. And after about a year of doing that, my phone was like, you cannot take any more <laughs> screenshots, like overloaded, you're done, like no more room. <laughs> I was like, dang, what am I going to do? And so, you know, just noticing how Instagram also was kind of taking a liking to this art form. I don't know if there was another Instagram account like Good Type when I started Good Type, but I do know that I did see people post uh, 
art that they weren't, they weren't crediting the artists. And mm-hmm. I just kind of, you know, got a little peeved by that. And I was just like, I feel like if you're going to post people's artwork, you, you got to tell people who they are. Yeah. And, um, so that was kind of one of the driving forces behind starting good type that, and I just wanted a place to kind of put all, all the of stuff. These, yeah. To live. Yeah. And, um, I ended up starting good type in July of 2014. Awesome. Yeah. Or no, 2013. Hello. 2013. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's so interesting because at that time on the internet, there wasn't really that, a lot of things just happened unintentionally. And I think that's why it it worked so well was because it really was organic. And that's what it sounds like good type was as well. It was just a genuine interest and you didn't go into it thinking, oh, I'm going to be this curator and like the epitome of taste and lettering. No way. I mean, and also like, I also have a a huge love for all things analog. I love mm-hmm. vinyl. I love film, yeah. um, film photography. And, you know, hand lettering to me was just another art form in the analog space. Totally. And I think at that time with the rise of Instagram becoming more popular and also I wasn't the only one that I found out had a massive love for everything analog. And yeah. I think, you know, people were kind of over the digital polished, you know, kind of artworks and, I think that's kind of a lot of the reason why a good type grew so quickly. Yeah, for sure. No, I get that. And especially in the digital digital space when, you know, you're living on Instagram and stuff, it's you, you get that desire to kind of see that more organic analog stuff. Mm-hmm. So I totally see how that, that kind of comes together. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And then this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before with just your j- journey in general, but how did you manage the fear that came with taking a leap as huge as like quitting your job and hitting the road. Cause I think that's something that a lot of freelancers deal with as well, obviously is like quitting your job and going into the unknown. How did you kind of manage that fear? Was it just kind of all excitement from you? I mean, it was a lot of excitement for sure, but I think I, what I knew that I could control, I could, I tried to do that. Like as far Mm -hmm. as preparing and, you know, knowing my finances and how long they would last and, you know, just having a clear cut, budget. And, you know, it was helpful. This kind of diminished a lot of the fear. My boss, he's amazing. And he was like, Brooke, if you ever want to come out, come back, you know, the job's yours. And so I knew that I had that (laughs) to fall back on if I, if I needed to. Um, but I wasn't sure if I was coming back and I told him that, and he understood, you know, he being an entrepreneur and starting the company, he understood what it felt like to kind of go out on your own and kind of figure out, Mm -hmm. you know, what it is that you really want to do. And, Um, he was super gracious in that and I'm so grateful. And I did end up going back to Tyler's about six months after the trip and, um, yeah, just kind of doing a little self-exploring, kind of trying to figure it out and, you know, not overly certain how to monetize good type, but Mm -hmm. knowing that I still wanted to, you know, keep it going. And, you know, Tyler's does a great job. And I, like I said, I love the people that I worked with. So, um, yeah, just really planning ahead and, and, um, you know, you don't always know what's going to happen. And just, I think a lot of it is just having faith in, uh, my gut and, you know, listening to that because, you know, if you, if you ignore your creative calling or your calling for too long, it'll come back to you, (laughs) back to bite you. And so, yeah, I think, I think a lot of that kind of helped with the fear aspect. Totally. Yeah. And I love that you, it's so interesting that you went back to Tyler's because I think a lot of the time people think something like that, like your eat, pray, love moment has to completely yeah. change your life right. and like you're not allowed to turn around or right. you know, they expect it to be like a linear 
growth from then on where, you know, even though you obviously grew a ton from that, you know, you were able to return to your roots and go back to your old job and, and take it on from a new perspective, which I think is really inspiring for people because totally. And it's not, yeah, it's like, it's not necessarily about making a total different, you know, major change, but I think it's important to even just to do, not to say that the tour was little, but in the grand scheme of life, it's a blip on the radar, but that, you know, helped me be a better person and a more creative person and a more grounded person because I wasn't sitting at Tyler's wishing that I was somewhere else because I had already done it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Yeah. And now you were back. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Awesome. Well, doing a little pivot as I was writing these questions for you, I, like I said before, I realized that there were a lot of interesting parallels between closer and closer and good type. Um, and one of the big ones that I saw was the fact that they both kind of seem to be born out of the idea of elevating others and helping them shine. I think that's something that we really love doing here at Closer and Closer. Our motto is like um, bringing people together to do more than they could accomplish on their own. And I think Good Type has a similar ethos in that, you know, you're bringing all these incredible artists onto your platform and giving them that that space to shine, which I think is amazing. So I kind of wanted to ask, what inspired you to start curating all these interesting works? Like once you realized, you know, oh, this is the thing that other people like, what made you want to kind Mm -hmm. of keep going with it? And also, have you always had a passion for community building or was it just kind of something that happened organically again? Um, I wouldn't say that I always had a passion for community because I'm kind of an introvert. I'm a little bit shy and I don't love uh, speaking in front of large crowds, although I do it and I have done it several (laughs) times. Um, And I always feel great afterwards. But I think for me, uh, building a community online, digitally and globally uh, was something special and something that I felt like I could manage Mm -hmm. with the kind of, you know, uh, socially sort of how I interact. Mm -hmm. And um, it felt, it was really cool to see as I started posting more and more images and, you know, the platform began growing to see comments from, you know, someone in Berlin talk to someone in Kansas and just be like, oh my gosh, this style is so cool. How did you do that? Or, oh my gosh, I've been doing this style, you know, this type of calligraphy also, or, you know, just people saying, oh, good job. You got a feature on good type. It was so cool to see the positivity and the people just cheering each other on and the support. And I was just like, wow, this is really cool. This is kind of something special. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to cultivate that because I think it's so important in this day and age to be reminded of the similarities and the things that we have in common, because there is already so much separation, unfortunately. And I think it's definitely important to embrace our diversities and our differences because that's what makes us unique. But at the same time, I think it's really important to understand each other. Mm -hmm. And so that we can come together in a way that, um, from understanding, Yeah, I mean, when you understand someone or something, the separation goes away or any sort of negativity goes away. Mm -hmm. I mean, you develop and you cultivate some sort of compassion for one another And, um, I started to see that kind of happening and I thought it was so cool. And, um, which kind of prompted the good type Tuesday, uh, Mm. challenges that we were doing because it brought literally the world in this space together to, you know, 
work on something in common. Yeah. And, um, and I, I, to me, it just felt super important for other people to understand either each other's religions or, you know, each other's creeds or whatever it is they're going through or any kind of, uh, any kind of topic, I guess, that usually expresses, uh, major differences people can come together on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's so amazing. And it's so interesting to me because I think platforms like this can sometimes turn into, you know, just competition and like sometimes negativity for people. Like it's really easy to do the whole comparison thing on social media Mm -hmm. and the competition thing on social. So I think it's, it's lovely that you realize like, oh, this is actually, it has the ability to bring people together if I just manage it the right way. And Mm -hmm. you've done such a beautiful job of that, that it's really, it's inspiring. And I think that's something that, yeah, even here at Closer and Closer, like part of my favorite part of the job is just seeing all the artists interact with each other and learn from each other. We're starting like a new crash courses thing where they can, you know, teach each other about their process and like give chips and tricks to each other just like on the roster. And I think it comes from a very similar place of being like, okay, yeah, like agencies sometimes can be a little toxic or you can feel like you're in competition with your your peers. How do we kind of cultivate that feeling of community and that feeling of respect for each other? And, and how do we, you know, help you guys help each other instead of, mm-hmm. you know, being in your own little bubble, which is so easy as an artist to do, to just kind oh, of like certainly. stay in your lane and not, not talk to other people. <laughs> right. But the blinders on and just go. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And then something else that we talk a lot about here at CNC is the importance of loving what you do. It's one of our like biggest values. And it's something that we try to cultivate as much as possible. And I feel like, again, the journey to good type is a perfect example of finding that love. Um, were there any challenges that came with building the good type platform, especially like at the beginning when you, you know, as you said, you were like, I didn't know how to monetize it. I didn't know kind of where it was going. Um, and also because Instagram just wasn't what it is today. It wasn't as easy. (laughs) No, certainly. Um, I think that, like I said, just following my gut, I know that sounds cliche, but you know, and not that my gut is totally clear and saying, this is what you should do, (laughs) or, you know, specifically you got to wake up and do these things. It was kind of, kind of just literally listening to my heart and feeling like, what it is, what is it that I really want to do? And what is it that doesn't really make me that happy? Or what is it that I feel like society is, you know, kind of placing me versus where I actually want to be. And I found that continuing good type and continuing those meaningful conversations, you know, really did fulfill me. Mm -hmm. And I am, I would say I'm not a lettering artist in the way that, you know, a lot of the images and the artists that I post. Yes, I do incorporate lettering art into my work. Um, So it wasn't necessarily the art form from me doing it that drove me. It was, you know, my love for the art form and my love for the community. Mm -hmm. And um, I think one of the major challenges, I know this is super specific and not so like ethereal, but doing the good type book, the first book. Yes. um, That was, you know, I think it was about. I don't remember. I have the number 250,000 in my head, but I looked back and I think we were closer to 400,000 followers when I got a lot of requests to do a a coffee table style book and um, doing that on my own. And I had a little bit of help from, from some friends and family too, but just doing that Kickstarter and doing the open call and going through all of the submissions and the entries and, you know, trying to represent everyone you yeah. know, as much as I possibly could because the platform is huge and, you know, really 
trying to do the art form justice as well mm-hmm. was quite a challenge. Um, but it was totally worth it. And that's what led me to doing the second book with yeah. Rizzoli, which was a dream come true. And now is leading me to start on the third book, which <gasps> I'm really excited about. Yeah, that is so exciting. I can't wait to see yeah. it. But yeah, that's that's something me that too. I'm always so impressed by is like, even when our artists just take on those personal projects of I know our one of our artists, Raul, just created a book as well of like his own work. And even that was a huge undertaking and it's his own work. He doesn't have hundreds of thousands of entries to go through, however many it was that y'all got. (laughs) Um, So I can imagine that that was a crazy undertaking, but it's, it's so fulfilling to finally see it out there and see people enjoying it. I'm sure. It was funny because, um, there, one of the machines at the printer had a part that broke and yeah. And the machine was from Germany. And so when they got the parts, everything was in German. No. <laughs> like, tell them, yeah, the, it, it was bookmasters in Ashland, Ohio. That That's who did the first book. And they're like, Brooke, we're so sorry. It's going to be like a two week delay. We can't find anyone that speaks German no. to come fix this machine. And so, you know, I had to put out like an update on the Kickstarter and I had this one, um, one, uh, backer who was super irritated and uh he was like you know blah 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 you know it was kind of it was it, it kind of put me in my place but, yeah you know and so I responded this is a lesson to always respond kindly because you never know who that person is or what may become of that relationship and so you know I responded very you know humbly and kind and I was like hey you know I'm so sorry I'm just one person and I'm trying to trying my best here's you know what happened blah 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 and he wrote back and he's like oh my gosh I had no idea a good type was just you. He's like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And he ended up being my business partner. He and his, his wife ended up being my business partner of good type for a couple of years. And, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of funny, but you never know. You were like, I'm so sorry. It's literally just me. He thought there was like a whole operation. I thought good type was like a big company. (laughs) You're like, oh, how wrong you are, sweetie. Mm-hmm. That is hilarious. Well, I'm yeah. glad you got the part read, figured out, and yes. that you were able to get that going. Yeah. Because that would have been a huge pain if if it was just the German language stopping you yeah, from, right? from creating that book. I'd be like, I'll learn it. I'm sorry. <laughs> You'd take like, a couple months to learn some German, and then you're like, okay, yeah. we're good. We're ready to go <laughs> again. This. Yeah. I love that. And then also kind of piggybacking off of that you know, what were the best moments in those moments where you really felt like, okay, I know exactly where I'm going with this. Like, do you have any that you can pinpoint? I think when I was asked to do an AIGI under the radar talk, mm-hmm. I was terrified because <laughs> I have to go up there and talk to this room full of 75 plus people about myself. Yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, at the time I was like, who am I, who am I that these people want to come in? Is anybody going to show up? And you know, I ended up um, joining uh, Toastmasters. Yes. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or know what it is. It's like for, to help people public speak. And I uh, did it for like a month in, to like prepare myself. And um, and so I did the talk and I was actually, I did a pretty good job and I was pretty proud of myself. That. And all of the questions that I received afterwards and how People were, you know, told me how inspired my story was. And I was just like, actually, I actually have a story that's kind of crazy. You know, you don't, everyone has a story. Yeah. Um, And until you sit down and reflect and write it out, you don't really realize it. And um, for me in that moment, it was, it was really humbling and it was really, you know, it really did make me feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Or one of, you know, a few things, pursuing art is another and, but just 
cultivating that community and keeping good type going and just seeing the reaction from telling my story of starting good type was, um, I think a pretty pivotal moment for me. Yeah. That's awesome. And I love, I love that that was like your moment because even though it was probably not something you were super comfortable doing, you still did it. And and I think I told, I think I told him no at first and then he came (laughs) back. He's like, no, really? Like you've got, I'm like, okay. (laughs) That is so funny. Yeah. And that's something that, because I help our artists with all of their marketing, which is such a fun job, but that's something we run into a lot, you know, because artists tend to be pretty shy and not, not always the most extroverted and I, I because just, you really get lost in your art. I yeah. mean, that's where you are alive, not out talking to people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then also yeah. you don't, because, you know, they're all freelancers and they work on their own and they do everything on their own. They don't really develop that, that practice of telling your story and they don't really ever right. take, think that they need to take the time to sit down and think, you know, okay, what is it that I'm doing here? And like, why is that important? But mm-hmm. it's something that I always encourage them to do because I think it's such a valuable skill to have to be able to talk about yourself and say and sell yourself to a point and be like this is why I do what I do and it really impacts people I think it really makes and a it huge builds difference. your confidence yeah, yeah exactly yeah, I think everyone should do it no matter how scary it is just yeah. do it <laughs> yeah I'm actually reading a book on the imposter syndrome specifically in women because yeah. it's extremely prevalent in women and I think that's something that I'm learning a lot from it is that you know everybody is scared of something and like everybody has a fear that they're not doing, you yeah. know, that they're going to be uncovered and that they're, you know, not, not the best at what they're doing, but right. You know, you just have to realize that, that it's, you have to keep putting yourself out there and the only way to build skill yeah. and build that, you know, capability of knowing that you can do what you're doing is to keep doing it and to keep putting and so, yourself out and there. So much of that, like you said before, comes from comparison and mm-hmm. comparison really is the greatest thief of joy. And when you're constantly comparing yourself to others, you're going to feel inadequate and you're going to feel like you're not doing it right. Or you're not exactly who you say you are, Mm -hmm. whatever the false things you're telling yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really awesome that you're doing that and encouraging them. Yeah, totally. And I think that again, like some, something that I appreciate about good type is that you make those intentional spaces to take what could become like a comparison situation and be like, Mm -hmm. okay, no, like this is, you know, this is, we're all doing the same thing. We all are doing our best. We all Mm -hmm. struggle with these things sometimes. And I think that's such a valuable Mm -hmm. thing for creatives to do is carve out that space to, you know, talk to somebody or build that community and realize that you're not the only one that's having those feelings. And you're not the only one that feels like, you know, your work isn't perfect and that you suck and you're the worst, um, that it's something that everybody deals with, you know? Totally. And I think it's super important. What is that quote? You are the only you and that is your superpower Mm -hmm. and for them to be reminded that they are really, there's no one else that can do the work that they do exactly exactly the way that they do it, you know? Yeah. Totally. I love these artists. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) a quick practical question that I was just curious about because again, my marketing brain is always thinking about these things, but where are some of your favorite places to find all of the incredible letterers that you feature on Good Type? And even at the beginning, like what were your go-to's? And kind of where you were going to find that content. It was always Instagram. Honestly, yeah. like Instagram seemed to be the place where I felt there, you know, there was the most, I guess, quality work. And mm-hmm. um, you could kind of just go down a rabbit hole and kind of go in so many different directions also. And I mean, you can find people from all over the world yeah. posting their work. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I would go to bookstores and I would walk around the cities I, you know, Austin is a great city for public art Mm -hmm. and, um, and I would 
for sure be intrigued, but it didn't feel to me as like, um, lucrative, so yeah. to speak, like not financially, but just like yeah. just inspirationally as, as Instagram. And, um, you know, since the, all of the algorithm changes and whatnot, uh, I am only seeing so, you know, such a narrow scope yeah. of what's out there. So I have to really try in a lot of you know, um, I think what is sort of helping with that algorithm situation is having the guest curators come on and Mm -hmm. log in from wherever they are and posting the people that they want to post. And that's kind of part of the reason why I started that program that, you know, that campaign was because I am one person, I am one perspective and good type is not. And good type is a global platform with what should be a global perspective. And the best way to do that is to hand off, you know, the controls and the curating power to artists from all over the world. So that, that is really what is helping me see even more artists. Yeah. I love that. Were you nervous about handing that baton off at the beginning? Like how did that, how did that happen? And how did you kind of say, okay, whatever, I'll let you do it. (laughs) A little bit. It kind of started when, um, I mean, I, handed those controls off to these amazing artists that I very much trust. Mm -hmm. And it started with a promotion of the second book. I was doing Mm -hmm. um, a promotional talk at Rizzoli in New York to promote the book. And I had Jenna O'Brien, Lauren Hom, and Ken Barber all take over the three consecutive weeks leading up to it. And um, I was a little nervous, but at the same time, I was like, kind of relieved because I didn't have to like have the pressure of posting the next artist or, totally. you know, and I was really excited to see who inspired them. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was fun. And then it just kind of took off from there. That, that's so fun. Awesome. Yeah. And then, yeah, next up is that, you know, going more into this whole curation space and how you kind of do what you do so beautifully um thank you yeah you obviously have to like be super in tune with what's going on in the lettering world um to run a successful platform like good type so because you know you probably have your your sites plugged into the world and you know what's going on um can you let us know what you think like where you see lettering and design going in the future and what are some trends that you absolutely love right now um i Love seeing how diverse the lettering arts have become because in the beginning, like I would say 2014, 2015, 2016, um, because Instagram was becoming such a popular place for people to view this art form, a lot of the art, like I would see uh, a spike in say brush lettering, Mm -hmm. or I would see a spike in like brush lettering using a ruling pin or, you know, I would just see like a spike in these little trends. Yeah. And now I think because there are so many people now on Instagram and so many artists out there um, that, you know, and the algorithm is catering to each one individually. Yeah. I do see it becoming more spread out and more dynamic and more different. And I think a lot of these artists over the years have really honed their uh, craft or mm-hmm. their style. And, um, you know, artists are finding out after these years of posting or practicing all these different kinds of styles, they've sort of fallen into one that works for them or they feel comfortable doing. And, um, I'm seeing a lot more type design and fonts and typography Mm -hmm. because of the access to, um, the software that's out there, you know, with the iPad and, um, a lot of the font making software makes it a lot easier to make fonts, you know, and I'm, that's really cool to see that also. Um, but yeah, I think I'm, I'm not 
I don't necessarily, I'm not really sure where I see it going, but I do see it becoming more diverse. Mm -hmm. Totally. That's something style. Yeah. That's something that I, first of all, I'm Gen Z, so I'm super into TikTok, of course, um, as as we all are. But that's Uh something that I see talked about a lot is just the way that trends in general, like even fashion and, and everything design kind of in every space, um, because of the way that social media is impacting the trend cycles, there just Mm -hmm. like really isn't trends anymore in the way that it used to be. It's not like some, you know, everybody's doing this one thing and getting this one inspiration Mm -hmm. and running with it. It's, and it's really cool to see because you see so many different kinds of people dressing completely differently. And it, it allows you to be a lot more organic to who you are because you don't just see the one trend that's big right now and say, okay, I guess I'll do that. You see all of these different trends all happening at once and all happening super quickly. And that allows you to kind of adopt whatever it is that you like and leave the rest, which I think is awesome. And it's cool to see that that's, that's a similar thing that's happening in typography and lettering as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then also we actually had an artist. This is so, it's like exactly the experience that I had, I think last week or the week before is that we had one of our artists reach out to us and he was, you know how it is. Like sometimes you just get burned out on the whole marketing thing and you're like, nothing is working. And like, I, you know, I'm not getting as many jobs as I want to be getting because it all comes in ebbs and flows. And he asked us and he was like, oh, like, do you see any trends that I should maybe start working on or like anything in specific that, you know, I could be trying out to get more attention. And our best advice was just like, no, like, you know what you're doing, you have your style and it's amazing and people hire you for it. You know, it's not like he's right. not getting work. He's just, you know, artists always want more. Like they always, it's always better for sure. It's always better to be hired for your style versus trying to, you know, make something that the client thinks that they want. They yeah. hire you for your style. It makes it so much easier. Like it's a living. Yeah. You know, he, <laughs> he has that very specific style and that's what he gets hired to do. And so he doesn't have to try to go out of his comfort zone too much in, you know, and stretch because he did that for so long and he honed his style, which is beautiful. Exactly. Um, another thing though, that I did see come up in the last like three years are murals in public art. Mm-hmm. Like murals are everywhere and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's so, especially after COVID, I'm sure it's just going to like continue oh, to yeah. explode because everybody just wants sure. to be in a space that they deem beautiful. I remember mm-hmm. at the beginning of COVID, I had not a single thing up on my walls. They were all blank because I'm just, you know, I'm somebody that's always out of the house and like right. too busy to think about the the space that I'm in. And then after like week three, I was like, okay, maybe I should like purchase some <laughs> art or like a mirror or two and like get this right. together. So I think it's going to continue because after that, I was like, okay, I'm never having this boring of a space ever again in my life. Right. No, I agree. <laughs> yeah. It, hopefully it'll continue to get beautiful. But then also, I, I think so. This continues onto the theme of COVID a little bit. But do you see, I mean, maybe this is spurred by COVID, maybe it's something else. But do you see any common challenges or struggles that artists are going through nowadays? Obviously, like you're still an artist as well, you're still creating. So it could be something mm-hmm. that you're feeling or something that, you know, in your circle, you're seeing a lot of people are feeling a lot. Um, and again, it can be spurred by COVID or just like the general feeling of unrest that we all have whatever it is that you're seeing? Um, I'm seeing, and maybe I'm projecting, but (laughs) being um, somewhat outspoken, more outspoken on Instagram because the views that are happening are so polarizing and so divisive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you don't want to be complicit, but at the same time, you know, speaking on something that you feel uh, you want as a lettering artist, that. I mean, you're, you have the power to put out a message in a beautiful way. And 
you know, I think a lot of artists are struggling with, with, uh, either not speaking out because they're scared, Mm -hmm. you know, they have this platform where they can use that platform in a way that, um, they think might be helping, but at the same time, not realizing that, oh, that might be offensive or, oh, that actually, you know, was divisive. And it's just, it's a learning, it's a learning curve and everyone has the best of intentions. And I feel, you know, we all try to put our best foot forward and use our art form form in the best way that we can, because we think we're making a a difference, which we are. Um, but I think, um, that is a huge challenge I see among the community is knowing what to say, knowing when to say it and knowing how to say it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think one of the best ways for me, you know, is to, Say what you want to say still, like, don't be complicit if you feel passionately about, you know, what it is you want to say, but also have an open mind Mm -hmm. and, um, and understand that it might not, it it might fall on deaf ears or it might fall on confused ears, or it might fall on ears that look for reasons to be offended. And you just have to know that people are going to respond to you from where they are from. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, people are hurting right now. And unfortunately, Instagram is an easy way to lash out. (laughs) And, um, and, you know, just keep on keeping on and know that you um, are trying your best and know that there are not, uh, there are trolls out there and um, don't give them any power. Uh, Just, you know, keep going and keep grooving, keep moving and doing your thing and being a, being a light, uh, you know, with your art form and yeah. Yeah. No, I think it all goes back to that compassion, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. just not only having compassion for others, but having compassion for yourself and having that understanding that not everybody is always going to agree with you or love what you're doing. And that's okay. As long as you are being true to you and your work and what you want to say, then that's all you can really ask for, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And then last but not least, well, second to last, my last question is always the hardest, but what is your advice for somebody that is looking for success or like that is looking at the success that you've had with good type and thinks, you know, I want to do what she's doing. I want to do it all. I want to have the successful platform and my own, you know, art career. And I want to do it all. What's your best advice for that person? Don't do it for the success. (laughs) Do it because you want to do it, do it because, um, you might've been inspired by the idea. Um, and you see this massive platform, but I didn't do it because I wanted a million followers. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't even know I was going to have a million followers. I didn't even intend on having over a million followers. And so, and it's not even about that, you know, just, I think just digging deep and really asking yourself, why do I want to do this? What impact do I want to make? And, um, anytime, you know, you try to do something to make money or to be successful, it doesn't always end up going that way. And you're looking at it the wrong way. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think just do what makes sense for you, right? Like that's something that yeah. I love about your story is it all just kind of made sense, even though obviously it doesn't come together purpose or perfectly. It doesn't all like fall into place how you would always want it to. But every mm-hmm. piece of your story and every step that you took made sense for you. And I think mm-hmm. that's what's so lovely about it is that, yeah, like you said, you were never trying to force anything that wasn't working or that didn't fit with your ethos and your vision for what you want to be doing. Yeah, you can always pivot and you can always look at the challenges as teaching moments. And, you know, if you feel like you're failing, you're not doing good enough, just that's an opportunity to, to see where you can grow or learn or pivot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Last yeah. question, the hardest one always, but can you <laughs> tell people where to find you? Oh my gosh. Uh, 
um, at my art handle is Brooke in Robinson. In is in Nicole. Brooke mm-hmm. in Robinson. Um, my personal Instagram is Brooke the Sun Surfer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my print shop is sunsurfer.art online. Um, and then goodtype.us is where the website is. Yeah. <laughs> and then at Good Type on Instagram. Amazing. Well, thank you yeah. so much, Brooke. It was so lovely chatting today. And I'm so happy that we got to dig into your mind and hear all the good stuff you had to share. Thank you for having me. It was fun. It was a great conversation. Of course. Thanks for tuning in to the Closer and Closer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to receive the latest episodes. You don't want to miss some of the incredible conversations that we have coming up. They'll be full of powerful insight to help you reach your full creative potential. To find out more about us, visit www.closerandcloser.co.